Hello and welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, we are podcast only today, mostly because the Toronto Maple Leafs are holding our season-ending press conference, which, by the way, means we are now um, going to be ending our on-air portion. Not today. Today was just a coincidence, but at the mm. end of the week, all right, we will be pod only. So if you're not subscribed, you need to subscribe to the Raptor Show wherever you listen to uh, podcasts and write and review the show, especially if you're on iTunes. Um Obviously, I'm your host, Walu. Join my producer and co-host, Alex Wong. And uh, we have a very special guest in studio, Shireen Ahmed, senior contributor at uh, CBC Sports. Shireen, what's going on? Assalamu alaikum, <laughs> We're going to have to edit that one right away. Yeah. Just the <laughs> Okay, well, that's, two, that's two edits for Mackie. Right Austin, away. Mackie, get to work. Um, no, shout out to Shireen, man. Shireen, so you know. Legit. Listen, man, before we even talk about WNBA in, in Toronto this weekend. Like, Shireen, legit, you know, greatest of all time mm. type behavior. Make the noise. Bah! That's right. No, no drops today. No Derek. So I'm going to have to... Shireen, I don't know what kind of show you thought you were walking into, but wow. welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And I know you didn't just... You're, I'm not, you're not tokenizing me because it's AAPI Heritage Month. Got you. Yeah. No, 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 no tokenizing here. Yeah, as I yeah. as I already made this joke uh, literally two minutes ago before starting to record, but we have three Asians on the podcast. Brap, brap. Uh, <laughs> not only because Shireen's actually Asian, but also because <laughs> she's wearing an Asia Wilson uh, t-shirt, which unfortunately we're not able to show on broadcast today. But this was gifted to me by Dr. Courtney Sito, so by proxy we yes. have another Asian. Got you, got you. No, that's amazing. I think I met Courtney as well. Did I run into you guys? You guys were going to Korean barbecue or something. I was meeting her there and you were on time and I was late and she was very on time yes. and she was waiting for me there. Yeah. Korean mm. barbecue. That's amazing. Anyways, Shireen. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I was expecting no, the, to do. The vibes are so much better no, when we're <laughs> podcasting. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I was expecting to do sorry. like a real serious show. Got to be on air two to three proper, but mm-hmm. this is chill. WNBA in Toronto. This weekend, you were there, Shireen. We were all there, Alex. We were all there, yeah. but it's not about us today. <laughs> okay. It's not about us. Right. But what did you think? It was amazing. The vibes were immaculate. Mm-hmm. It really felt, and I don't want to be cliche here, but it was like it felt like a celebration. The momentum about women's sports in this country. And if you just give me a second, I'm going to bash Canada for not having a domestic women's league and ice hockey, a sustainable one. Yet, soccer has been announced for 2025 with Project 8. Um, and, but no basketball, like we are ranked top 10 by FIBA. Like, why is it that we don't have one? Like it's, I remember saying this, um, to Rita Pendergast who used to play for team Canada years ago as PEI hall of famer, sports hall of famer. And she's like, Puerto Rico has a domestic women's league and Canada Mm -hmm. doesn't like, you know, I love Ricky Martin, like the next person, but I'm just saying, (laughs) why is it that we don't have one? Like it's unacceptable that women's sports in this country are where they are. And then lower bowl sells out in 10 minutes when the game was announced. Tickets went on sale, International Women's Day. It was packed. Merch sold out completely before halftime. So, like, it, it was the vibe is here. We're ready. Like, we're very ready for the W. Yeah. Um, speaking to the vibe, like, it, it was just, first off, a lot happier than most Raptors games. Oh, you know, that's I, right. We can bring that. We can bring that perspective. The Raptors versus WNBA no, game at Scotiabank the, the, Arena comparison. This isn't us gassing it up. This is actually just <laughs> walking in and being like, "Oh, it's different in here." Yeah, and I think it was obviously a lot more women than uh, even your average Raptors game. Sure, um, there were a lot more kids in the building. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more excitement. Um, there wasn't, you know, oh, we might see 25 straight mysteries with mm-hmm. offensive rebounds on 10 of those. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah, even even for me, like I was like, man, pregame there was a lot of press conferences, and it, it was great to hear from everybody. And, and we got our food and went upstairs. And I was like, at halftime, I'm gonna go down there quickly and get some merch. Right, I'm gonna get my partner some merch. Alex, you said you wanted some shorts. Mm-hmm. I went down. Literally, I walked around the entire lower bowl. Everything mm-hmm. was sold out. And the lineups to get yeah, it. If it, if it wasn't sold nuts. out, there were lineups everywhere. Yeah, man. And I think the demographic, too, that like you mentioned, like even walking into the arena, you seeing like moms bringing in their daughters, like taking selfies outside with like the WNBA signs and like just talking to some friends who were there, too. Like a couple of them just expressed, you know, how great it felt to just go to a women's basketball game and feel like they didn't have to like fit into like a male space is what some of them told me. It's like, we felt like this was our crowd and like, this is our space to like watch a basketball game. And like, I think of just the younger kids too, Shireen. Like, I feel like when you talk about like bring expansion here and we'll talk about that, it's like, that's where the impact is going to be, right? Like these kids growing up who are watching basketball, who want these role models, especially in the women's sports space. It's like having a WNBA team here would be so impactful. And one of the things that's really important to note about the culture of the W is that it wasn't the NBA taken and then molded, like, just for women. That's not what it was. The W has its own culture. It always has its history, like, its legends. And then this is absolutely a space that's inclusive. It was the first uh, top four league majors that had a social justice council made up of players. You know, like, it's, it's something that is so inclusive in every conceivable way. And that is what Toronto reflects that in a lot of ways and a lot of different populations. I ran into like anarchists yesterday. I ran into <laughs> like moms, like, you know, um, anarchist I'm, moms, anarch- right. anarchist Classic moms episode as well. On the way. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just, it was everything and all the people you want to see. And those that don't dive into that traditional capitalist model, mm-hmm. they were there to support that concept. And of course it, the W's a business and mm-hmm. we were all there at commissioner Engelbert's press conference. She's talking business. I don't talk numbers in business but she was talking formally about a business plan and what's a good structure. I did hear, though, Tannenbaum and her were chummy chummy, mm. so that's a good sign for us, and we okay. did hear that Toronto ranked really high on the list of potentials. I mean, there's Portland, which is a, such a which is such a foundation of women's sport, sure. but Toronto is really, and I'm really glad of that turnout because we haven't seen, like, PWPHA showcases sell out or even when the Toronto Six won the Isabel Cup. We, we, there wasn't, like, thousands and thousands of sure. people there. Yeah. We need to see that, and it's growing, but that's the other thing. We need stable, consistent, sustainable. And if basketball can give us this here, I think it's going to – They keep, we keep repeating. So many women keep repeating. The tide will lift all boats. Yeah. Or some, like, cheesy shit right, like right. that. But, like, mm. some – I mean, point, Kathy did. <laughs> I think she also she did. She too. said that. Did she draw one of those oh, bars? Of course she, she did. did. We yeah. all lift each other up. And, like, there is something to say. But, again, women's sports is still pretty niche. Like, I was on the go train coming into the game mm-hmm. with about 7,000 Blue Jays fans. And the, the the conductor said that today is the first WNBA game in Canada. And the, there's a dad with his family beside me. And he goes, what? And, he, and his daughter's like, yeah, I tried to tell you. And he's like, well, you should have told me, you know, whatever. And she's like, I did. But, mm-hmm. like, that was just, like, this reflection of you did try to say it. It is here. Now pay attention. No, for sure. And, and I think going back to you mentioned, first of all, you know, you're more familiar with the WNBA than, than I am. How, how do people feel about Commissioner? Um, Kathy Engelbert. Like, and, what's her like? What's her like reputation? Well, she's like 
business expert. Yeah. She has a career spanning almost three decades, but again, came from business, okay. came from the corporate it side. Did, I did get that, get that vibe oh, even from the sure. press conference when she was talking. Incredibly poised, also mm-hmm. played. She played for Muffet McGraw, a legendary coach. Mm-hmm. She said that. And, you know, if you know women's basketball, Muffet McGraw is like, she is the GOAT. So to have but, someone there understands who knows the game, knows the culture, but also, I think that Engelbert said it herself. She said that in the press conference. She came in at a time a couple of months later, COVID, and that was really make it or break it for her and how mm-hmm. she navigated a way to keep the league alive. And out of that came this incredible documentary called 144 mm-hmm. um, about all the players during the wobble. And it, it was really important. We know, we've known for a long time. She also knew what she was getting into because as much as everybody wants to talk about LeBron doing things and Steph doing things and Popovich also being the goat on things like racial justice and stuff like this, it's really the WNBA. It's the Maya Moores. Mm-hmm. It's the Sylvia Fowles who, who paved that way and created a blueprint. They were doing like, you know, Black Lives Matter way before it became popular. They were uh, black queer women, especially in basketball, have been at the forefront and black women have been at the forefront. Brianna Stewart like mm-hmm. was standing there, you know, peep, they were fined for that kind of stuff. But I think when Commissioner Engelbert came in, understood the, the climate and understood when she talked about game cancellation, they absolutely did it. She talked about this at the ESPN summit. I was on a panel there. And she was there as well, and she talked about the importance of canceling games on that day. They dedicated the season to Breonna Taylor, something that had to be done through her, obviously. There's that awareness. So, I mean, everyone still, again, she's corporate, but like on the side, from what I hear, it's moving. It's not stagnant. It's not like a typical Mm -hmm. male commissioner who doesn't know what the hell is happening. Yeah, no, that's cool. Will, I know you got some notes here, and, you know, know, Kathy was talking— before the game on Saturday about how they've narrowed it down to 10 cities now and Toronto's on that list and they scored really high. And, you know, Shereen was just talking about, you know, her being, you know, buddy-buddy with, with Larry Tenenbaum. I feel like if, if the if a team does come here, I feel like it will be through um, MLSE and, like, through an affiliation yeah. with, with the Raptors. Like, they have the arenas, they have the practice facility, all this stuff. Um, what are your thoughts? I know, I know you crunched some numbers like Stringer Bell, and, and you've got some, <laughs> you've got some economics here to hit yeah, me with. What's sure. going on? <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I wish Kathy would have told us a little bit more in terms of the specifics as to like what are the hurdles, mm-hmm. what are the ownership groups. She wouldn't even name those in particular. Mm. Although I think we can kind of guess um, who would it be in Toronto. Um, but I mean, I think even even hearing this whole conversation about you know the business aspect of it, it is interesting to me because I I don't feel like we focus on the business aspect of it when it comes to to men's sports. That we really only talk about it when in terms of women's sports. You hear this all the time. Yeah. When people discuss it, it's like, well, the WNBA never has never turned a profit. Right. Well, neither did the NBA um, for the first twenty years of existence. Even even in, into the eighties, the yeah. NBA wasn't a <laughs> great league. Exactly right, and we're talking about the WNBA, obviously, you know, uh, a lot newer as a league. But you always hear about it, and it's always this thing that's brought up as if it's supposed to invalidate the entire like women's sporting experience in basketball in terms of the WNBA. Um, and even if we just look at a couple of numbers, right? Like I think Adam Silver said this in twenty eighteen, so I'm sure this has already changed, but. He said, you know, the league as a whole loses about $10 million per year, right? This um, is the NBA. No, this is a, oh, the, 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 WNBA. The, w, the WNBA, right? okay. Um, last year, the WNBA brought in $60 million in revenue. So mm. what we're talking about is with, with 12 teams, we're essentially talking about each team losing about a million dollars per year. Put that in perspective. Like the Brooklyn Nets lost like $50 million. 
like in, in yeah in 2022. Sure, oh, are we, we're not we're not like oh am I I don't know man. No, I think half the Brooklyn the, Nets are invalid because they lost 50 million. Half of these owners are begging for handouts. Remember, like Tillman Fertitta and all these guys. Yeah, like even the Lakers, like they were applying for all those credits. Yeah, like and they were all broke. I also just think that like we're in a really seminal moment where the popularity um, is going to catch up to the dollars are going to catch up to the popularity, mm-hmm. right? Because you're looking at the new t- WNBA TV deal is going to be up in 2025. You look at this past season, regular season ratings were up 19%. Playoff ratings were up 22%. You look at something like the uh, NCAA tournament, which I, I, I honestly, I, I'm not a big college fan, period. That was the first time I watched a college women's oh, tournament. Women's college ball. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with college ball a long time ago when Mello was playing in Syracuse. That's yeah. how, like, sure. that's yeah. when I fell in love with it. Then it dropped off for me, and I was like, okay, whatever. But got reignited years ago from the women's, and yeah. even last year, I I still remember Arika Gumbawale's mm-hmm. buzzer beater from years ago. Like, I can still remember the calling. I can still remember like the excitement and the people that go, the, the intentionality of the fans is also something that's really wonderful to see. Yeah. But also the, the connection that people have with that game, there's spaces and you alluded to this before. And I think this is something that can be, um, it, it, it can be monetized. Mm-hmm. Fandom can absolutely be monetized. And we've seen that whether it's merch, whether it's league passes for the W, whether it's, you know, season's tickets holders. We saw kids yesterday with signs. This one little girl said, I'm a future season ticket holder. Mm-hmm. We're, they're marketing. Like this is, there's money to be made. Women purchase this stuff. It's not just women who get W merch. My, when my son turned 17, he's like, I want an orange hoodie. Yeah, yeah. And they weren't available in Canada. So me and Courtney uh, bought a whole bunch so we could share shipping costs. I mean, mm-hmm. we're Asian. We're not going to pay full price. No, I'm not going to lie. Me and Alex had this exact well, we're, work, we're currently working week. out a Liverpool jersey <laughs> group purchase. And he, he was like, see, I thought he was doing me a favor. He was like, yo, don't worry. I got you. I'm right? going to buy you a so $110 like, kit, so man. Like, so I'm like, man, Will really appreciates what I do for him on this show. <laughs> And then five seconds later, appreciate you he was like, yo, I got you on the shipping. <laughs> he's, <laughs> like, he's like, yo, we'll split the shipping. Actually, Absolutely. you don't even got me on the shipping. <laughs> we're just splitting it. Can we, can we not split shipping? It's cheaper for both of us. Anyways, 100%. No, so. I, think, I think merch, you make a really good point. And I think the other thing you made a really good point on it, like, it's not just women that's going to gravitate towards a WNBA team here. Yeah. Like, there's just basketball fans. It's just basketball. Like, men and women are yeah. going to gravitate towards this. I remember a couple of years ago, my son started going... He's like, Mama, have you heard of Sue Bird? I'm mm-hmm. like, Okay. Bitch, please. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are you are you saying that to me? Like, and have then, you, like, like, have you heard of Sharina, man? Do you like, know? you should have asked yourself. I like invented that. basketball. Yeah. No, I didn't. Um, mm-hmm. No, but he was just like, and they started playing her reels on House of Highlights. They started mm-hmm. sharing this stuff on Bleach mm-hmm. Report. He's, and so he'll send me reels. And they started getting, you know, young ballers with like, you know, with their handles and then, you know, breaking people's ankles. And then these this stuff, Jamad Finn started to go viral, the uh, Somali-American player who plays in like Abayas. Like she was on the, would go to street courts and like oh, totally yeah. show up people. That stuff started to really go viral. And the next generation, because like, I think Will's younger than us because we old. Yeah, I mean, he's 30. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm yeah. 30. I don't even feel young. Wow. Anymore, yeah. So yeah. like that next gen, like they want to see 
that and they don't mm-hmm. discriminate if it's a woman or a black woman or an Asian woman breaking someone's ankles. They just want to see the ankle breaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't care who's the doing it. The W is cool. The W is cool. Very cool. And, you know, you think about like Slam Magazine now has their own like dedicated like W Slam, like, you know, their own magazine channels. You think about like a orig- like, couple of years ago, you think only NBA guys are coming through in the tunnel and fits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's women. Like, and the women dress better than the men. Yeah. Maybe yeah, with the exception of Serge. Maybe with the exception of Serge Ibaka, who shout out, got, got a huge ovation at the game bring his yeah. daughter to the game court By side. the way, I know that you know it wasn't a coincidence that he was there and I was there on the same day. <laughs> we can't talk about this. Shireen is one of many people in the city that has a giant crush. Oh my God, don't Serge get me wrong. Ibaka. I love my husband. I think he's yeah. dope. So, you but know, I, he's, I'm he's, just he's saying. Three meters away from us right now. Right now. He's literally we, here. We're going to have to cut this short. Um, <laughs> you know, it's wild because like, I don't know what you're doing tomorrow, but there is a 50-50 chance that Serge Ibaka might be joining us in studio tomorrow. You're gonna tell me that? That's right. Are we so. gonna bump him? Because uh, the, the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna bump him because uh, Ryan O'Reilly has to speak before his contract is up. Yeah. Bro, so. how many Rileys are on the team? <laughs> yeah, there's two, and they're spelled differently. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's confusing. No. Anyways, back to the W. Yeah, Let's this, stay focused. This is, this is my point, though. When I was saying with the LSU Iowa game, it was like that drew 10 million viewers. Uh, like, yeah. I don't remember a single moment from anything else in the term. Well, that's not true. I remember a lot of Caitlin Clark's games, but like, sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was the biggest event, yeah. right? So and that was the most watched game, even more than any NBA games this entire season. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. just proves the point that we've been trying to make, right? People just want to watch quality product, right? whether it's men or women. And so when you talk about the new TV deal coming up, mm-hmm. you're seeing across all sports, not just, you know, um, in basketball, but you're seeing in all sports, these new TV deals, the more competitors, live TV is the one thing people want to compete for. You're going to see a bigger TV deal. So I, I don't see why it's not a guarantee that they're just going to profit as a league mm-hmm. as soon as the next TV deal, yeah. especially based on all those interests. But also at the same time, I'm just like, why does why is profitability like such a big thing? You know right. what I mean? I, when I hear it, it's almost like this is just a way for you to discredit the product. I'm not going to watch it because it doesn't make money. Who does Who does that? Do we do that with movies? I'm not going to watch this movie because it doesn't make money. No, you that's fair. I mean? I'm not going to watch this TV show because, you know, it doesn't have ratings. You know, I, I mean? don't so even have just... a business background, but the old adage, you got to invest money to make money. Why yeah. doesn't that apply here? <laughs> and we've already known, like in terms of NWSL, let's just say, for example, the National Women's mm-hmm. Soccer League in the United States, the buy-in at one point was like 200,000. It's like 10 million now to yeah. get a part of a team. Like it grows exponentially. And we know we're seeing packed stadiums in, in America. And I'm really glad that the Scotiabank Arena sold out because people need to know Torontonians are ready to spend their money. We had people oh, coming in from like Guelph, Barry. They <laughs> are ready. City, and yep. mm-hmm. there's a space here. And it's not just about, oh, it's Canadian ballers. It's like this is a city that would welcome something like that. Exactly. And I think I think we're beyond. People kept hearing we're ready, we're ready. I'm like, y'all, Shiva North been ready. Mm-hmm. Mm. Exactly. No, but I think the other thing too is like, you know, we always talk about the Raptors, the pricing of the tickets, and how that's risen. By the way, that was a big thing too, right? They right. did not price the tickets at Raptors prices. Right. That's what I. That's what. Which the, also brought in a much more engaged crowd. Yeah, let's that's be what, That's what I'm saying. It's like, and I hope you know when the team eventually comes here, like you create a more affordable experience for people, right? Sure, like if yeah. the tickets are forty dollars to sit in the lower bowl, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah you like, remember. I remember once upon a time, Raptors tickets were affordable. That's how old I am. Oh, yeah. I remember people when, would be trying to give them away. Yeah. yeah, nobody and, would want to be there. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> but yeah. like, then it built, and then it built, and then it yeah. becomes instead of being like the crowd that it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was, it, I remember Raptors, that pure energy, right? That like yeah. that purity of it. 
And then now, like even Raptors games, I remember watching in, in the championship season, the more that the season went on, the whiter and richer the crowd became. Mm, that's fair. No. And then like it was, you know, the upper seats fine, the nosebleeds were whatever. But I just remember seeing that shift and I was like, and don't get me wrong. I do think the vibe of Raptors games are wonderful. And also mm-hmm. because their games up crew had Mark Strong is like the dopest. Bro. Ever oh, man. Strizzy, Str- man, regardless of how good or bad the crowd is, Strizzy is always there. Incredible. Man. But this- oh, by the way, we got to ask him one day about the Ken Burch intro. That's your favorite. Because everyone else got like a little, like a little spice yeah, to them. But, you know but, what I mean? But like, Ken Burch was the team slogan. Yeah. It was Ken like Burch representing was, We the North. This is Ken Burch. Like, this is like no, no. This is like if Jordan Poole was in the starting lineup for the Warriors, and it's like strength in numbers. Jordan Poole. Yeah, I'm calling out Strizzy on that one. He Strizzy fell off on that one. Oh, okay, call him okay, on all right, one. All right. That's two call offs on this podcast. Let's start a question. What am I gonna ever have to see him in person anyways? It's all good. Well, if you come I'm over straight. for dinner, you'll oh, be fine. Oh, that's right, that's right. So back to the W. Let's stay focused. The crowd though. It, it was so hype in itself mm-hmm. in like, you know, like games up crew out there, the dance crew, the, you know, the North side crew was there. The, mm-hmm. the junior crew was there. Julie Black at halftime. It was yep. wonderful. And like the land acknowledgement before it was really important. And I felt that people were like you said, I love that word engaged, mm-hmm. engaged, invested and really committed. And I think that that's something about these uh, about Toronto. They're committed fans. I mean, mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm not even started on the Leafs. Like, they're people who really will stay with. And I think this is a good model for a W team here, 100%. Yeah. yeah. No, and I thought it was, you know, I, again, like, I I don't know why I just did such a big business review of this whole game. <laughs> yeah, man. You're Stringer Bell Season though. 3, Episode 10. <laughs> no, but, like, if you looked at it, there was, like, 15 Yeah, what spots. about the microeconomics of the WNBA, man? Tell me. <laughs> these aren't micro. These are macro, man. <laughs> oh, God. 15 sponsors for the game, right? Oh, uh, here we go. Got, yeah. After after she's like, yo, man, lots of rich, <laughs> white rich people get a list off all the sponsors. These, these were the, <laughs> these were the people C- who were there. All right, right do CEO talk, man. Do all your right. CEO talk. Aired on Sports and NTSN. And we understand. We can't. Yeah, we we understand network, that there's, yeah. like, a... You know, a rivalry. Let's be honest. It's like a cold. No it's like a cold war, no right? Comment. The no fact comment. that both, both these teams came together and was like, you know yeah. what, red and blue, yeah, and holding up the, hey, the, man, the two. The, the we two didn't flags. even mention Megan McPeak, Amy Audibert, mm-hmm. uh, Nikki Reyes doing yep. the broadcast too, right? Yep. So. And sh- shouts to Amy. Uh, she she just saw the the Heat clinch. Then hopped on a red eye. Oh man! <laughs> and they came the next morning, yeah. delivered this game. She also confronted us. Was like, I listen to you guys all the time and all yeah. your Heat jokes. Well, you know, she, she was like. Guys, heat culture is real. And yeah. I was like, okay, you know no, what? I was like, this yeah, it's real. Amy, Inject it into right, my veins, right. man. It's all good. Anyway, back to back to Stringer Bell. Less than a yeah, micro right. Yeah, mm. We're talking about Canadian Tire, Canada Goose, DoorDash, MasterCard, MetroLinks, Michelob Ultra, Nike, OLG, Remax, Sun Life, YouTube, Hennessy, Tangerine. Like, mm. we're talking about a major bank. We're talking about major... I don't even, what do you call it, Canadian Tire? I was at Canadian Tire yesterday. Like, like a, a Canadian retailer? Store. Yeah, retailer. Yeah. No, right. no, no, no. Hey, hold up. Oh, I'm God. going to stand on a podium and like literally wax poetic about Canadian Tire. They have invested so much money into Mm. also supporting women's sports and men's sports, girls and boys rather equitably by Mm. 2025, like that, which is incredible. They've invested so much money into Project 8 as well. They were um, co-sponsors of this ESPNW thing. Mm. It was a really big deal yesterday. They were also there like Canadian Tire has started investing in sports for girls 
uh, for disabled children for like different communities. Like they really do their jumpstart program, which I will say that I'm a part of. Oh. It really takes, it takes young girls and offers them opportunities and mentoring or whatnot. Like they think beyond and they think holistically about sport, which is what actually we need to do. So getting back to the W, that's something else that the W does is holistically. It doesn't just take just the players or just the corporate culture or just the sport culture. It looks at everything. And that's what the mm-hmm. W has really done. It looks like it was one of the first leagues to offer parenting leave, um, you know, have change tables in their arenas. Like I interviewed wow. Terry Jackson, Jarrell Jackson Jr.'s mom, because she was the one who negotiated the collective bargaining agreement for them, mm-hmm. the CBA that they signed on to. And it'll be up for another one. But I interviewed her for I did a Spencer's episode mm-hmm. and That's I Spencer's. it was. Yeah. And, you know, um, I was on basketball women, mothers who are basketball players. And we talked about the importance of this stuff, but this is stuff that the W is already clued into and they need, and they will possibly kind of come up here and lead in that way and that we need that mm-hmm. and other sports. And that's the hope other sports are paying attention, other federations, other associations that are complete. We know that NSOs in this country are in crisis. So if they can come here and help, and I'm not going to sugarcoat this women and, and girls in sport in Canada have been so badly treated and mistreated and not just like in abuse cases, but just disrespective and been an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we see the Canadian women's soccer team are literally battling with yep. the Federation. Like they deserve so much better. And if something that can stand on its own, like the W come up here and be like, it's not like an F you, but it's like, look what we can do here. Mm-hmm. That is what needs to happen. Yeah. And then this is why, you know, I, I wanted to highlight this is just like we're talking about the biggest brands like it across like all these different departments. You need that kind of sponsorship to help that in, in, in this case. So I just think on, on the whole, like definitely the city of Toronto showed out for the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Now, the mm-hmm. actual game itself, first quarter, nasty basketball. <laughs> like, there were yeah. so many sloppy turnovers. But second half, it really turned around. It was it was really great execution. Really? No, I mean, look, listen, I'm a fan of basketball. Who's asking for this recap right now, man? <laughs> no, you don't want... Same as the 2022-23 Raptors, I'm not here to talk you about the me, game. You don't want three stars? I'm no. not here to talk about what happened no, on the court, listen, all right? First, obviously, the first quarter, I think there was a lot of nerves. I think maybe, I don't even know what it was. It's sure. also preseason as well. I was also Second told half, those were not the two best teams in the W. But that's what I'm saying, though. We're just right. two teams here, and everyone just cheered <laughs> for every basket. Also, everyone wearing the W hoodie was adorable. I'm, I'm imagining an NBA game where everyone wore the W, the, just the, the NBA, NBA logo, yeah, the Jerry West the on this. No, yeah. but like, you know what I mean? Like, I think Toronto deserves something of its own. Of course. Because I Listen, think man, the enthusiasm is clearly here. And also the product was, was obviously after the first quarter, was really, really no, good. No, it's here. Like, like the, the everything that's required to support a franchise yeah. is here. Yeah. Like, there's no mm-hmm. big, like, lingering question about anything. Like, I guess, like, you know, Kathy was asked about, like, oh, are there any specific barriers of, like, coming to Canada, right? I'm sure there are. And sure and are. yeah, no, I'm sure there are. Um, in the same way that maybe you look at the Raptors, like television ratings, all that stuff, like sponsors in the US, all that stuff. But it's like, th- there's just such a passionate fan base here. And they, I feel like they have more to give than just like the, the Raptors team, the Raptors 905 team. Like, I think they're ready to, to have another team come here. Well, in that of that question of barriers or hurdles, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, they asked it of Coach Wade, they asked it of Coach Cheryl Reeves, they asked it of Nafisa Collier as well, mm-hmm. um, and we, she answered of, of the of the links, and she said that it's not 
uh, like hurdles per se because they got through customs really quickly. She talked about the logistics, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Hockey players do it all the time. Like it, men's teams do it all the time. Like why is it? It's the, those kinds of things can be dealt with. Get them an Nexus card. Like, you know, it's not <laughs> Yo, that difficult. I can't believe customs is such a big deal. It man. is a big, it is a big deal. Yeah. And Maybe it's just because we're all immigrants, but like, <laughs> I'm like, this is not the hardest. Okay. Hard I'm not going to lie. I'm an anxious traveler. We all know this, but, um, but I think that it's, it's, it's realistic, and you know, sure. she was saying that the vibe here is, is is really good, and the fans are ready, and the way they've been treated, and the excitement, and the twelve foot statue, mm-hmm. you know, the three D yeah. statues, mm-hmm. and it's just the excitement, and the little girls, and the little boys, and like yeah. everybody. There was there was a lot of men in there too, oh, which yeah. I thought was. I ran into a kid who played ball, he brought ball with my son, who's now in his early twenties. He was there with his girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. you, like Alex said, you go to watch good basketball. Yeah. Okay, let's get, let's give him a second. He's right about his analysis of the first quarter. Okay, it was sure. a little choppy. No, listen, the first quarter, I was, I was like, yo, come on, no, Canada deserves better than this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a couple of people that were like, oh, is that really what we're seeing? But the second half was yeah, way better. Exactly. The game actually Oh, it was really so exciting tight. in the fourth quarter. It was That's excellent. Right. Yeah, it was really yeah, fun. If anything, it flew by. It was too quick. Like, you I, know, I was like, damn, they should have had two games here over the weekend or something. And I mean, Chicago, is it's rough. It's its team was literally dissected. This sure. year, Chicago's guy, mm-hmm. Kenneth yeah, Parker, moved to like in Las Vegas Aces. I had the shirt before she went there. I'm not just bandwagon jumping. I'm just oh, oh, yeah. it's all good, then, that was, that, That's what I've been looking at you as a, band, a bandwagoner of women's sports. Yeah, you you haven't supported women's sports since uh, since Saturday. Yeah, that's when you started. Yeah. So, so it's like, and then you know, Kia Nurse is going to Seattle, right? So yeah. for, first, I'm, I will admit when I when Kia drafted, I first was like, I'm a Liberty fan. I'm a New York mm. Liberty fan. Then she went to Phoenix. I'm like, who doesn't love Phoenix? Tarazi sure, and yeah, Griner, yeah. and especially now, like Brittany Griner coming back. There's been, but there's also, and I will point to this. A lot of attention been given outside of the realm of basketball to the W because of Brittany Griner sure. and the sure. support yeah. amassed around her. And that's not a bad thing. It was the situation was terrible, but the support she got was excellent. And it was really important to highlight that. And she's right. back playing. She's going to be ready for the season. And then, you know, like it, it, it's awesome and it's good when you can't decide what team like I don't know if I have one team that I support anymore. That's why you wear know. the WNBA hoodie. You That's wrap the, the you wrap the whole hoodie. league. No, the man, every, women's basketball. Everybody look like Rob Lowe wearing the hat at the NFL game. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop slandering the W hoodie. No, I'm Come sorry, on, sorry, man. sorry. The W hoodie is fine. Come on, we're it's making true, a push true, here, man. We're making sorry, a push right. here. No, but I just want to see the Raptor, like the Raptors no, or the Toronto team. That I hear you. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got a name? Do you have a? People always be like, oh, what do you want to name the team? What did somebody I want Toronto Huskies. And that's to UConn. That's really? to UConn. Yeah, come but on. I feel like you know it's got got the history and the city and stuff. Cool colors. Yeah, I just but, don't want them to come up with something like really corny. They will, hundred well, percent. Well, like Toronto, know. her story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? See, right. I know it's bad we when really, you laugh. We really got against the W. I'm not going against and, it. And her story. No. Well. See, like and then people were coming up with like female versions of like dinosaurs. No, see, like, that's, I don't want that's corny. That. that is corny, and I that's don't corny. want it. To Have be... your own identity. Like, don't don't you don't need Why to associate. Are we gender-rising dinosaurs? Yeah. <laughs> what? Exactly. I've never once thought about the gender of a dinosaur. Um, yeah, yeah, all I of mean, that I was reading prehistoric, right? Um, you know, that's yeah. a whole other podcast episode. What? Genderizing dinosaurs. That's <laughs> yeah. that, yeah. I'll, I'll be like, sitting out on that, that one. You know we'll I mean? get Strizzy in for that one. Um, <laughs> like, am I, I going to see a sports bra on, a, on, a, on the Raptor? Like, <laughs> oh <my God>. we'll <laughs> see. No, but I mean, like, I was, re- I was re- reading Alex's book, Prehistoric, which is going to be soon, soon right? Um, he said it was elite. It was elite, man. I was I was pretty mm. emotional, fit, you know, watching it, uh, just reading the end of the book, you Told know, reading you. the acknowledgments, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, it was really <laughs> great. 
Scott got emo- didn't get emotional until the acknowledgement. Um, okay. Um, no, but like, yeah, what's up? It, they they held the contest, right? And they had people writing. Yeah, they had a naming like contest. So. The Raptors yeah. at the it'd, very it'd be beginning. It'd kind of cool to be like at the start of something new like that again. I would oh. I would actually really love that. that yeah. People did that for the Toronto Six too. Sure. The, oh, okay, you that's know, cool. The PHF and yeah. I think wh- whether it was the mascot or whether it was something mm-hmm. to let fans know and get the hype going. And I really think that whoever does that, you know, whether it's NBA Canada, that's or the WNBA Canada that's coming out of that office that you know really can you know propel that energy and get everybody to write in and give you know suggestions or you guys can have a draw on your show and maybe the winner honestly i'd be down of course i'd be down but we 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 get some hilarious suggestions which i think is a good thing and i think that's that's a lot of her story no. Okay. okay. Don't All ever right, say bro. that again, Alex. On, <laughs> Why are you so mad at me, Sheree? <laughs> uh, okay. No, I, I was just thinking about like, like I think the media economy here is, is kind of ready, but it's also there's a lot of education left to be done. Too. Of course. You know yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I haven't I, followed, I've never followed that the WMA that closely. No, like, like, I just haven't. A lot of people wouldn't really need to like brush up on the history of it, but I think there there shouldn't be like necessarily a shame associated. But there's with also that. a lot of people you, in the city. Be a in yeah. the first place. But there's also a lot of people in the city, especially younger people who have like uh, more like independent really, platforms. They're they're yeah. ready. Like they've been following the WMBA, and you that see that in the U.S. Cool. too, right? But there's also a lot of people. something that doesn't mean there's not room for growth. Of course. So like my like like you know whether like Mark doesn't super follow W. He knows the players. He watches mm-hmm. the highlights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as a regular fan, like the way the knowledge he knows generally, yeah. there's always room for that. And you're growing, right? Like you're yeah, learning about new things and why not? Yeah. I'm introducing him to women's hockey. Yeah. And he's just like, okay, I can do this. You I, th- know? I think too, from like a media standpoint, it's just also like recognizing like maybe, you know, who, who should be taking those opportunities. Like, you know, yeah. I think of like younger women, you know, who've been following this for a long time versus sure. people more entrenched. Like I think about like, I think it was last year when I was helping edit like the first issue of like uh, Slam Canada, right? Yeah. And like that's, Kia, a hum- that's a humble brag. Kia so. Nurse, listen, man, my resume is impeccable. Um, <laughs> Can I just say that my I have no regrets in my career. I'm very yeah. happy and feel blessed. Yeah, that is my saddest thing that I was just too slammed. Yeah, pun yeah. intended. I did. I, I did, did. I did reach out to. You. And the, the thing was like, the point I was trying to make is like um, one of the covers they were doing was on Kia Nurse, mm-hmm. and then there was a big Q and A with like Natalie Achonwa, and like I was as like the oh editing the magazine and stuff. Like I was offered to pick one of those cover stories. Like I could do it myself, right? But no, like I signed it to to um I had Holly McKenzie do the Kia Nurse profile and then I had Whitney Metworth who covers the WNBA do the Natalie Achoma like Q and A and I think Katie Heidel did some stuff there too. And even thinking about like oh the Steve Nash cover story. I was like, no, I want Vivek Jacob to be able to do that story, right? Yeah. And it's like the same thing when like the WNBA comes here, it's like you know, like if I'm offered like, oh, based on your writing experience, I want you to a big feature on this and that. I'm going to pass that on to somebody. I'll take it and I'll do no, the you know I'm I mean? a hair. No, I mean, but, give but me you a know break. what I mean? Yeah. No, I think it's about in the media space, too, is about recognizing, mm-hmm. giving the opportunities to the proper people, too. And there's like a couple little shout outs within that space, like mm-hmm. Savannah Hamilton. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, By the way, walking uh, through the, uh, we were, me and Savannah had to get food together. Walking through the the, the, yeah. the concourse, you saw the Sav stands. The, the number of times Savannah got stopped for photos. Yeah, finally, I got some finally. Photos. It wasn't you. Hey, I, I stopped <laughs> okay, you. To, I stopped you to be in my TikTok. So of course, which of I have course. To okay. <laughs> also, know. people like Haley McGoldrick who've been doing yeah, this, like people who are, you know, I think this is really important and something that I'm really excited to see is how women who are in the sports media space 
who are fans on the side mm-hmm. get to incorporate that because that's wonderful. Like, that's that's like what he does with say, the Raptors, and like now you can have women do that in that space. Yeah, right? and, and it goes and it goes back to like the same thing about fans feeling like they were able to have their own community and own space at the WMA game. Same thing for the media. Yeah, like 100%. there should be a new group of media that comes up and covers. We kind of saw that. It was actually really. Yeah. Nice to see Remind that. me to 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 say something too when we're done recording, though. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. God. Can't say it on air. All right. All right. All right. Oh, I love this. Don't even hint at it. This then. is the chai being spilled after. <laughs> I love that you call it chai. It's so funny. You, uh, you don't understand. She's like, I'm gonna spill chai. There's only there's only there's only two there's only two worlds in this world. All right. There's the world that calls it tea and the world that calls it chai yeah, slash chai. We're gonna spill chai. But wow, you know the difference between chai and chai. See, this is, this is my man over here. He no, knows. Man. He knows, man. Get yeah. you a man who knows both. Asian heritage um, month. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, um, I think that's about it. We gotta get you out of here, Shireen. I don't know if there's anything else you you wanted to add we to this conversation. Plug. One of the or things. Plug, that, please plug your stuff. Plug my stuff. So I am part of a created a, co- a podcast called. Burn it all down and big W fans within that. And even with that, we learned like Lindsay Gibbs, one of my co-hosts is big. She covered NCAA tournament, like all this stuff. But my point is if people are listening to this, because you guys have mad fans in the city, I get people going, you know, Will and Alex, why do you think I always tweet out your photos? Because I'm like, I want to be famous. Oh, you're you're a cloud chaser. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but if you're any of your listeners are wondering how they get involved, it's really easy. The W for those that don't know, the W season starts later it starts in june Mm -hmm. and it'll go through the summer and i know it's a big summer for women's sports women's world cups coming up but Mm -hmm. you can get a w pass but just be careful because sometimes you're geo-blocked that it'll be the the games will be shown on tsn go through the roster pick up a w they have magazines now you can look online there's so much information a lot of is independent or like a journalist doing or freelancers it's really important there's great podcasts out there like i just would really encourage people to do that there's so much interesting material from different kinds of stories about it, like whether you're looking for social justice, you're look, looking for fits. There's so much out there. So just go online, look at the Instagram, follow the athletes, and then you'll get hooked. Yeah. The product sells itself. Yeah. yeah. And follow Shireen Ahmed too. Follow me. Yeah. Tell them, tell them how to find you I'm like, on, on well, social. I don't want to get anyone to go to Twitter. It's a disaster out there. It's no, like some Do no, you no, love no, Twitter no. still? I love Twitter. You know what? Some, some, something, re-sparked <laughs> my, something re-sparked my love for Twitter today, and I have to shout this person out. Actually, I don't know what their account is, so I'm not actually doing it. Is this the rush hour thing? I saw a fresh rush hour meme I today. sent him a fresh rush hour Aww. meme today. A fresh rush hour meme. But we, you don't, we don't need to explain it. Was, it was a jaw thing, but I saw a new cr- scene of Chris Tucker that I haven't seen since surfaced on Twitter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. Can you send that so. to me too, please? I oh, need to see that. Absolutely. Yeah. So to find me, I'm on Twitter underscore Shireen Ahmed, S H I R E N A H M E D underscore. Uh, Instagram, it's footy bed sheets. And I write for CBC Sports, and you can look for me. And their TikTok also, because that's the new yeah, way. I was going to say, what's, what's your TikTok? Is God, I don't even know. Shereen Ahmed 222, I think. Okay. Know, some mom name. Man, that's like my ICQ Actually. name. Just slap some numbers <laughs> at the end type. What the hell is ICQ? Oh, man. See, you know yo, this is my problem when I come in here. Oh, man. I can only make references from 2002 and on. Yeah, oh, man. yeah. The Utes. Yeah, no, it's tough. No, Shereen, man, you know, like... um you know, you, you're one of my favorite people just in general, but also wow. in the industry specifically. And I'm always sweet. always glad to have conversations with you, whether it's on on air or off air. Or over text. Or, or over text, <laughs> yeah. No, Expressing our frustrations and things. No, but I think WNBA, like it's super exciting. Really do hope that what happened this past weekend is kind of really just a jumping off point. 
It's for, awesome. For what's next. And I do thank you for creating space. I love for conversations like this and inviting me on. Always. And not Always. tokenizing me. I appreciate you both. Anytime. We'll tokenize you off air. <laughs> All right. Man. Let's go to break. Uh, we're going to take that break. I've been your host, Will. You've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet. Radio Network, Podcast Network, what are we today? We're just, we're just the we're Raptor just Show the Raptor on a show podcast, on man. A podcast. Go subscribe. Don't listen to Draymond Green's pod. After the break, <laughs> we will be talking a lot about uh, the NBA game, including yeah, back uh, to a men's, lot of Back to men's slander. basketball. Sixers and slander, to- let's and go. And lots, lots of toxic conversations. I'm about to be Shea Gilgis, Alex Slander. All right, we're taking that break. Welcome back to the Raptor Show podcast only Big thanks to Shireen for joining us. Uh, in the first half, second half, Alex, what are we talking about, man? Are we talking about uh, the Sixers getting slandered? Can we? How much? How much Sixers slander can we really fit into this? Uh, as much as you want, man. Mm. Um, however you feel, man. Yeah, you know we're you know Leafs aren't the only team that disappoint you every year in the playoffs and fall short of expectations and have no answers. That's also the Philadelphia 76ers. But wow. um, coaching carousel update for you, brother. What? We're starting with coaching? All right, all right. Yeah, fine, man. Fine, fine, Monty fine. Williams yeah. fired over the weekend, which uh-huh. mentioned him as a candidate for the Raptors job. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on that? Uh, I I wouldn't mind. It's not the – I don't know. The Raptors have been going after a lot of, like, uh, assistants or, like, newer voices or even head coaches who haven't necessarily gotten a big chance in the NBA. That's not to say Monty is not a good choice. I think Monty's obviously, I mean, coach of the year winner. Um, Phoenix has had pretty successful regular seasons. Um, he's developed some young talent, I would say. Um, you know, obviously people can point to the Aiden thing and that fallout. Um, to be honest, <laughs> it's it's like when people beef with Carl Anthony Towns. I'm just I'm just gonna take with the people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm gonna take the side of the dogs, not the cats. You know what I mean? Okay, so, no meow for you. No, nah, yeah. not not this one. Um, not right meow. Yeah. What are you doing? Man? But um, <laughs> this is the pod only vibes. <laughs> yes, it really is. I, I really wouldn't bring pod, the man. right meow on it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Monty would be cool. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if he did, you know, immediately land another job. I think he has a really good, um, rapport with players. Sure. Um, Phoenix's situation there feels very much like, um, the new owner wants to come in and make a whole bunch of new changes. Uh, obviously he came in day one, got Kevin Durant. Um, now he's fired the coach. He's let go of some of the front office. So there's going to be like, uh, shakeups, but I, I do think Monty is a good coach. Um, you know, that's that's pretty much it. If if they hire Monty, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset or wouldn't be thrilled either. Yeah, I don't think that's a ringing endorsement though. And I, I, I think I'm, I'm just with in you, favor of hearing from a new coach. Like, I know I want a fresh else. voice, and I want the Raptors to you know as an organization to to continue aiming higher. You know, Messiah keeps talking about. Um, seeing themselves as a championship organization, right? And that's the only goal. Like, he's not interested in getting bounced in the first round, getting bounced in the second round, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Monty, to me, is closer. Like, I, he's he's a great person. I think he's got great people skills for the locker room. But also, like, to me, he he's more on the Mike Budenholzer side of X's and O's, mm-hmm. um, you know, when it comes to a guy that you want okay. to, to help you win in the playoffs and stuff. So, like, I think I'd be with you. I'd be a little disappointed if they hired Monty, actually. Listen, if we replace, if we fired Nick Nurse and then hired another man who plays his stars uh, 45 minutes a game. <laughs> but in this case, <laughs> I got to say, man, Monty actually had no choice. Oh, no, he genuinely had no choice. I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> I got to say, Nick Nurse did have some choices, even though they weren't great. This guy was like, let's start young Jock Lando <laughs> with our season on the line. Also, like, looking back, it's like, listen, man, the Suns were actually trying to win a championship, 
Uh, we were not. We could have played 10 guys we were to, to try to win 43 games. We were trying to win the play-in championship. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, uh, uh, fan favorite Mark Jackson has been reported. He's interviewing for the Milwaukee Bucks position. If that happens, Giannis and Luca will be teaming up in two years. Um, that's my prediction. <laughs> I apologize to the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> Yo, what, <laughs> what step to success is this? <laughs> I apologize to Nikola Jokic. <laughs> I still would have voted and beat anyways. Um, uh, Doc Rivers. <laughs> Sorry, we have no drops as we mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I this is all us. myself manually. Yeah. Um, Nihau. Uh, Doc Rivers job status TBD as we speak. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks have also received permission to interview Miami Heat assistant Chris Quinn. I'm not going to lie. After seeing Heat culture mm-hmm. this year, uh, you and I are both in on Chris Quinn. I am very in. I just want some of heat culture. Oh uh, yeah, I just need need him to bring a pack of uh we need to smoke that heat culture pack here in <laughs> Toronto. Yeah, actually though. Yeah, so I'm I'm I don't know. Like it sounds like Chris Quinn, especially now that he's, you know, he's interviewed or will be interviewing for the Raptors job, he's interviewing for for the Bucks job. Like sounds like he's gonna get a head coaching job. How come he's not interviewing for Detroit? Uh, actually that question answers itself. Um yeah. All right. Oh, well, by the way, Nick Nurse finally surfaced in a. Finally, he has been tied to another head coach. Has he? I didn't see this. I think Chris Haynes linked him to the potential Phoenix job. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Which is, by the way, I, I think is interesting because um, you hmm. remember a couple of years ago when Nick got um, sued by one of the agents. Yeah, Warren. Warren Legary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from Who's what the I rich Paul of coaches. From what I understand, like literally, like I have like, a vast majority of coaches mm. are represented by this man. Yeah, yeah, including he's the rich Paul of coaches. He represents all of them. Nick was more of a rarity when he broke free and and went with a different agency. Yeah, and I do feel like when you hear like, okay, so if job opens up, like yeah. you know these names fill into another spot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of that is like agency driven. You know mm. what I mean? Like we want to put it out there that some of these assistants yeah. are getting all You're these jobs. You're saying maybe Nick's on the outside that he's not getting tied yeah. to every job. Yeah. I mean, really I'm moving, like, moving like Stringer Bell today. I, I was mis- I misspoke. Obviously, Nick was connected to the Houston job, which I was convinced he was taking. But I mean, uh, yeah, that uh, no, you're right. Like, um, no, the Houston one doesn't count because it's over now. So um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. No, it's just funny because I think Raptor fans are like. Every time a coach gets fired, they're like, oh, it's it's Nick Nurse time. <laughs> yeah, or like, that's what I, saw, I think right now. I, I saw like Doc Rivers, like obviously, you know, he's maybe going to let you let go. Probably. Not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> not, not bad. Not bad. Fremulon. Um, Sad guy, Joel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How do we have so many drops? Yeah, okay, we were making Austin Mackie do all this. Oh, God. Shots to the sushi set. Shots to the Mackie roll. Uh, um, no, but seriously, though, yeah. like, I, I just think that, yeah, Nick. Nick will probably get on somewhere as well. I, I think Nick I, is, his coaching I think it's on Nick. is pretty I think strong it, as well. If Nick wants a job next year, I think he'll he'll have a job. But also, I actually don't care. <laughs> How I don't about, care, except for if he goes to Philly. Philly will no, be so no, no, annoying. No, no, no. A, we have to see him four times a year guaranteed because they're in the division. Yeah. And B, him coaching Joel and B, the amount of crying no, that you will understand. come out of that. Oh you understand. If Nick Nurse goes to Philadelphia, then we definitely need J.J. Redick to come to Toronto. Yeah, actually. J.J. No, Redick. At that point, I'm in. And the Raptors versus Nick Nurse and the Sixers. Oh, mm. man. Mm. Oh, man. You know J.J.'s going to sniff out every DHO between DeAnthony Melton and Joel Embiid. No, nah, man. <laughs> By the way, the Sixers season ended when DeAnthony Melton shot that curveball in game <laughs> six. <laughs> That's where the documentary should start. Oh, on this man, Aaron Loop. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Yeah. Game seven, man. The Sixers. Woo! 
you know, first quarter, oh, PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker was uh, posted on IG story the night before at midnight. He was practicing at the garden, um, shooting corner threes, um, getting his workouts in, and he came out and hit a bunch of three pointers. Thought the role players really stepped up for them early, and and you know, you figure maybe James Harden, Joel Embiid, great. are gonna you know join them, get in the game. <laughs> And yeah. join, join the role players. You never see that stars joining the <laughs> yeah. role players, but all right. Yeah. And even in the second quarter, you know, they were up, they're up 10, they're up 10 mm-hmm. and you know, 10 point lead means nothing now, especially in this series, No, but it kind of did in this case. Cause it felt like this sure. Celtics just kept driving to the basket. Sure. And the Sixers had a really great game plan in terms of like how they essentially they're playing almost in a soft kind of zone. There was constantly like two guys on every drive did a really great job of like styming the Celtics offense. And it was looking real shaky for Boston until about the eight minute mark where um, I thought Jalen Brown, I mean, obviously there was so much credit given to Jason Tatum and he was phenomenal. He 51 deserves it. Literally step broke the record for most points in a game seven. And two weeks later, Jason Tatum's like, I got you one more. Here you go. One more. Um, we were so close to, to being able to knock Jason Tatum off that perch. No, man. Let's be honest. Man. If the Anthony Melton so sick, shot man. a fastball instead of a curveball, we might be having a different convo today. No, man, he was shooting a Tiago splitter. Um, <laughs> but Jalen Brown, I thought really Not a doctor. energized them and, uh, and, and, and brought them back into the game. A couple of hustle plays, obviously. So one where he got back on defense in transition, mm. contested uh, James Harden, who just like keeps losing the ball. I've never <laughs> seen a guy who's so skilled just lose the ball all the time. Loses the ball, smacks Jalen Brown in the face. Obviously, Jalen has been wearing that mask for a long time. He's been taking that mask off. And when he got hit in the face, he got, it was very painful. He got a flagrant one. Um, on that same possession, after the two free throws, uh, uh, Robert Williams also caught a lob from Jason Tatum. Um, that cut it to a two-point game. And that or four point game at some point, but that, that really brought the garden into the into the game. It started to feel really intimidating in there. Then you had another play where right after that, the, you know, they had a four point possession. Sixers come back down. They're trying to set up Joel Abid in the post. It's the most obvious play in the world. And uh, Jalen Brown jumps the passing lane, collects the steal, goes the other way, makes a layup. That's just one of those hustle plays that really just brings all the energy on the home crowd. I mean, that's one game seven when you have it at home. It's such a big advantage. Um, then you got Brown who blocks James Harden on a short jumper. And then, uh, as they're breaking the other way, George's Niang grabs, um, Jalen Brown's knee. Yeah. What was is, Niang doing? That was such a dirty play, man. I'm sorry. Like, I know it didn't lead to any serious injuries or anything like that, but that's absolutely dirty. If you are on the uh, oppose, if you're on the bench, you should not be interfering with the game. Well, the problem like, is you could talk, you yeah. can, you, you can even pretend like you're going to catch the pass. You see sometimes the you know, opposite players will pass to the opposing bench. Mm. You're physically grabbing a guy as he's running up the floor. That's so dirty. I couldn't believe that was just offsetting double tech. No, that, that was my problem is like Jalen Brown, you know, got mad at the bench and then Scott Foster just gave them both technicals. Yeah. Like, that, like that's outrageous to me. Jo- I felt like I wouldn't have even been upset if Nyang got thrown out of the game. for Exactly. That. No, it, it, like. I mean, honestly, it's different between a player doing it and a fan doing it. But sure. like at that moment, the players are the fans. You're literally on the bench, right? Mm-hmm. So that was terrible. Um, and and I just thought that yeah, that really got the the Celtics right back into the game. That erased a double digit deficit. Brown also had another play where he dove for a loose ball with PJ Tucker. Unfortunately, it, it went out on uh, Brown anyway, so he kind of dove all for nothing. But it just really brought a ton of energy. And then obviously Tatum started cooking. Al Horford started cooking. There was a play where um, Embiid bricked the three right afterwards. Horford cashed the three immediately to, to give uh, Boston their first lead of the game at that point. And then, yeah, I mean, it was still a game at halftime. Like, it was like, what, a two-point game at halftime? Oh, it was a two-point game at halftime. Yeah. And that was the last update that the Sixers social media account <laughs> sent until this morning when they thanked the fans. Oh, and they tweeted again? Good, good. Yeah, so Doc Rivers, you know, uh-huh. goes into halftime. He's like, guys, 
I've lost 32 of these. <laughs> I don't know what to say at this point. <laughs> He's like, let's just try to get this one. All right, oh boys. Oh, my God. And yeah, the score was uh, 80 to 55 at some point. I think it was like 57 to 55 at one point, And then you look up and it was 80 to 55. Yeah. Sixers didn't score for a six minute stretch. I believe <laughs> meanwhile, Tatum was just getting either way all the way to the basket. Tatum was, was looking at Joel Embiid, um, you know, like Swiss chalet. Um, but no, they were isolating him. They were, no, they were actively targeting yep, yep. Embiid and you keep waiting for, for Harden to, to show up and he finished three of 11 with nine points in game seven in what could be his final game with the Sixers reports already today. Woj saying that he uh, Harden is seriously considering uh, Houston. I could have sent that um, Harden finished games five uh, to seven. The last three games in the fourth quarter, zero points in 32 minutes. That sounds about right. Honestly, he just does. He just completely disconnects from the game. And I wouldn't say that that's surprising. because like, We've seen it over and but over like, again. But. I don't, Get it because if you look it's a, at it's a mental hurdle. It has to be a mental hurdle. Like I'm not I'm not trying to play psychologist. No, I'm just saying that like I get it. It's not an ability thing. It's like he loses focus. He stops playing defense. He then don't just like, then don't show me those two great games that he had in this series. Like if you show me that, I'm expecting you to at least play to a certain level, right? Yeah. Like yeah. how are you gonna show up? And you know the whole narrative about this guy's about Kevin Garnett playoffs. Gems right now. No, I'm just. How are you going to show me something if I can't have? <laughs> no, it? Yo, I'm just upset right now. Like, yeah, okay. Like for all, for the three James Harden stands out there, like it's over. Like it's over. Yo, like there's listen. no more narratives. He's going to go to Houston, which I actually respect if he does, because like you know it's low pressure work environment, <laughs> no state income tax. You only work from October to April. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great, it's a great work situation no, to be for honest. Houston is like working as one of those programmers for like Google or whatever. It's just yeah. like, you know, a limited vacation. You can come to work anytime you want work yeah. from home, you know, I, flexibility, you know, this, you, you can come to work in sweatpants. Like, I feel like that's all f- perfect for you. You sound Harden, like man. Draymond comparing Apple and IBM on his pod right like, now. <laughs> if I leave Apple yeah. to work for Google. Yeah. If Kevin Durant worked at IBM and requested a trade, would you care about I, his livelihood? I actually, I'd actually love it's, seeing it's, him like Dre, no, but like, what exactly is the point right uh, now? Anyways, yeah. James Harden didn't show up. Um, Embiid was five of eighteen from the field, like you mentioned, got hunted down on defense. Oh, Embiid was the number one reason why they lost. Mm-hmm. The number one can reason put, why they lost. Can we put them one A and one B, man? Because like, no, 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 no. I actually want Joel Embiid to just sit in this for a while. Because you know what? Everyone's full, right. everyone's flogged James Harden on their basketball podcast. Everyone's sure. filleted this man on, on the basketball yeah. podcast because we've seen this for like literally his entire like NBA career. Oh, you're saying it's time to put the spotlight on Embiid one I'm, time. I'm saying for the MVP to show up like this, it, it's just sad. Like it really is sad. I understand the knee injury, maybe, you know, whatever. Like honestly, at this point, everyone's banged up. Jalen Brown's got like five injuries and he, the way he was diving on the floor and so that was there one moment where you saw Joel Embiid dive on the floor except for one it was a flop. No, you know I, I mean? did he die for a loose ball? Did, <laughs> did he rally the team? Did he find another way? Like Al Horford stymied this man to such a degree. You didn't see anything that was new from him, right? You didn't see like, oh, you know, if, if they come down the floor, Joel Embiid like pretends he's going to roll, but he never actually rolls. He just stops, tries to seal um, Horford, doesn't actually hold position so that when the ball gets into the post, he's pushed five uh, feet even further out from the basket. Then he turns around. Then he holds it for like 10 seconds, dribbling. Maybe he says, okay, maybe I, maybe I could flop this way or jump this way or whatever. Ultimately, he ends up shooting a turnaround jump shot. Al Horford is done so good at giving him space but then contesting to where the shot is going to be released 
So he always contests him at the release, but he gives him space to also guard against the drive. Really good job by Al Horford, who is like old enough to, you know, lit- I mean, no, man, I, I don't, oh, man, uh, we made enough jokes by Al Horford, but he was actually really, really good in this one. I just there was just nothing from Embiid, but I think that's also just Horford's <laughs> first NBA game was played on a projector. <laughs> they projected that thing. No nah, man, this guy was this guy was playing for the Toronto Huskies uh, <laughs> at at, at uh, oh Maple Leafs Gardens. All right, but like he he like Embiid just didn't do anything new. He didn't really like rally the team on mm-hmm. defense. He just looked like he was sulking. He was moping. Like there was a sad boy Joel. Like it was like it was that. No, if it was. If this was his first playoff run or even second playoff run yeah. or third playoff run, I'm okay. This dude's like you, man. He's pushing 30, and then both of you have the same number. Actually, you got more conference finals appearances than him, man. You've seen more of the conference finals than Joel Embiid. And this I think, is the third time he's lost a game seven. And I, and I think this is tough, too, because, like, I see people being like, oh, man, he got to hand the MVP award back. No, no, no. I want him to have this MVP yeah. because he's now the only MVP in NBA history to have never made the conference finals. Mm. And I also wow. want him to hold the MVP because it's a regular season award and he should get regular season awards because he was yeah. 34 points a game during the regular season, all of that stuff. But unfortunately, I watch you every other night with Nikola Jokic, and those are two different levels of players. So, like, we can have yeah. MVP conversations again, but when it comes to crunch time, when it comes to playoffs, when it comes to winning time, look at the way that Jokic was able to carry his team. And, like, listen, different skill sets, right? I think we both admit that Jokic has a way better, vaster skill set yeah, than no, a Joel Embiid. But, Hakeem, all, but all the intangibles. All people. Hakeem, yeah. who is, like, probably the best post player ever to play, mm-hmm. was like, yeah, this, it's, not, it's not that close for me. <laughs> He's like, I know, I know, I know post play. Yeah, I know ball. But- Especially ball in the post. Yeah. And, and Nikola Jokic has it for me. But I think all the other things, like you mentioned, man, just the intangibles, just the leadership, like, yeah. like they had two no, of the he, worst superstar performances in a game seven, man. He just disconnected. Let's listen. I, I'm not, I'm trying. putting, I'm putting Embiid and Harden 1A, 1B for this, man. Uh, that's fine. To. Cause all some, somehow Joel Embiid always has another co-star to blame, right? <laughs> oh, it's, you know, we got it. Let's toss Ben Simmons out of the boat. Let's toss Brett Brown out of the boat. Let's toss whoever, like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's always some sort of reason or excuse and, Honestly, like, isn't that the the point of the star player? You lift them. Like, Jason Tatum, like, for example, like, look at game six, right? Jason Tatum having a stinker. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, like, just so bad. One of 14 at one point. Mm-hmm. And he continues to fight, continues to play. Ultimately, he makes the plays at the end. He wins game six. Which, by the way, was the opportunity for Philadelphia to finally get over the hump. They lost that, right? Again, the Anthony Melton curveball. When do you ever see Joel Embiid having a one of 14 stinker, which happens to everybody, especially when you're the star player, especially when you're banged up, especially when all the defense is double teaming you and all that kind of stuff. When do you ever see him like persevere and at the very end push through or same thing for James Harden. But like, that's where this is at. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain players that just aren't able to get over it. And maybe eventually they'll be able to get over it. We saw even LeBron get stuck on certain points. Right. So I'm not saying that I'm out on Joel Embiid as a person, as a career or whatever, but I, you know, at some point we have, if we're, we're going to be honest about this, the central figure has been Joel. It's not the coach. It's not the co-stars. Listen, you can always blame a co-star. If, if your star is having a trash game, very few co-stars are going to be like, okay, I'm just going to lift the team now, right? But that's who this is on. And I, I'm I'm just like, I'm tired of the conversation always ducking him somehow. No, that's fair. I, I think too, like, you got to look at this um, at this point. If like, can you really win a championship if if Joel Embiid is your number one guy and then this is the rest of the team? Like, he... Like, the only time I really felt like the Sixers had a realistic chance to win a championship during this run was when they had Jimmy Butler with them. And yeah, that's no, because fair. that's because I trusted Jimmy Butler. And by the way, in that game seven, Jimmy Butler was the leading man yeah. for Philadelphia yeah, yeah. in 2019. Against so the maybe Raptors. Embiid is just not equipped unless you build a really good roster around him 
to to kind of come through in these playoff well, situations. I, I think it's it's difficult for bigs because they're not able to control the pace. Mm-hmm. If anything, they mostly need to slow down the pace. Um, I also think that there's a bigger defensive burden on bigs. You see with AD, for example, he's either going to play defense or play offense for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to expect him to play both at a super high level for the whole game, you're probably not going to get that because he's going to gas out. And Bede in particular gasses out every playoffs. Every time I watch him in the playoffs, oh, he, yeah. it looks like the, the the sport is miserable for him. Mm-hmm. He just looks so tired. And like, right? listen, man, like, like, like. And he needs <sighs> to diversify his game. He yes. talks about afterwards, he's like, I got work my ball handling. Obviously, Al Horford just held you in place. Yeah, my <laughs> This other... guy just stood at the elbows for like, like literally my other thing 40 is like, minutes of this game. Listen, bro, like you're turning 30, man. Like I know you can still add stuff to your game, but at some point you are just who you are. Like yeah. there's not a lot that you can do there. So I don't know, man. I don't know if, if Harden is heading to Houston. Like I actually don't know, you know, how they're going to be able to kind of reconstruct this team moving forward. Like oh, what is like, their next move? The one, the one thing we can't um, leave leave out is Daryl Morey trying to win at Ernst Young. Oh man. <laughs> so there's a report. Let's pull up that tweet. Let's so there's a report tweet. before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Woj said, uh, quote, an interesting dynamic approaching game seven. <laughs> NBA's <laughs> officiating game report shared with teams from game six of Sixers Celtics revealed a significant disparity. Thirteen officiating errors disadvantaging Philadelphia to four disadvantaging Boston. Those can include calls and non-calls and doc was asked about it before the game and he said that they won game six analytically by 20 points oh brother <laughs> do you okay does daryl Moore not understand that how much of a loser he sounds like when he says this like actually genuinely this is embarrassing clearly this is fed to Woj. no the slow the slow conference has to disassociate from from daryl after this I, I, honestly like if adrian rosanowski pulls up to the espn set <laughs> no, in a I, new ferrari this is the first time i've seen anyone say his full name all right like what just happened who's adrian Wojnarowski? they paid him ten thousand dollars per letter in his last name <laughs> to tweet this out and it's just like it's so embarrassing. Nah, this is before the games even happen. You're already complaining. Also, to put this in context, there's like 500 calls in a game. So we're talking about 13 out of 500 or four out of one uh, 500. It's a, it's a rounding error at this point. You scored 86 points at home. That's why you lost. That's why you lost. Analytically, what you what you think like Boston was going to score 66? Like, if you can't beat Boston on the road, it's just so pathetic. When Jason man. Tatum shoots five of 21, like that's on you, man. And listen, Daryl Morey, can you can can you construct um a, a, a better triumvirate of losers in Game Seven other than Daryl Morey, James Harden, and Joel Embiid? You forgot. You forgot Doc Rivers. Oh, Doc Rivers. Too, sorry, man. sorry. Maybe we can substitute. Yeah, Doc Rivers can be the the, the fourth man. guy in that three and three. But like literally, if you were to script, if you were to write NBA game of zones, and you're able to like, oh, there's this team that has a lot of promise, but they're going to lose in the second round, kind of embarrassing fashion in Game Seven. Those would be the ca- characters you you would cast. You would cast Doc Rivers as a coach, hand on knees, bent on the sideline. I wonder who's sitting courtside who gets to just look at. Doctor was just ass for like oh $20,000 or however oh many, right? You, you have that as the coach. You have Joel Embiid and James Harden as the f- failing two-man combo um, doing that. And then after the game, taking accountability, which is fair, but uh, but also being like, you know, you can't just do it alone. It's like, oh, man, honestly, I, I need to see you do it, period. I, I don't even want to see. And the GM. I don't even want to see another one of these post-game pressers. I've heard everything I need to hear about Joel Embiid yep. after a Game 7 loss. Like, I've heard everything I need to hear from James Harden. Like, this is how serious of, of a player James Harden is in terms of competing for championships. Is the Which other star player the day after losing a Game 7, the report is you're seriously considering going to Houston? Like, come on, man. <laughs> 
Like what? Are, like what are we doing? Were you seriously considering winning Game Seven? Like, like I, I cannot believe that performance. Like you put that in the context of like a Raptors player. Think of a Raptors star showing up and giving yeah. you nine points on three of eleven shooting. I mean, we don't have to. Seven. Demar has done that for okay, us. Okay, anyway, Kyle has done that for us. I, I think. But listen, those guys mm. go to the podium and and they take it. Yeah. And it wasn't like oh we're gonna quit on Toronto now and we're gonna go to somewhere easier like Charlotte. Like you know, like they, they don't do that. You know, There's I feel at least that level of self respect. Yeah, I know. Show. I know Raptors so. fans are, are are dancing on like the Sixers graves, um, and you know that is fun. Um, I, I guess, man, like part of me just feels like I feel so bad just like looking at it for for the fans because it's like think about them winning Game Four, pulling out that Game Four in overtime, yep, yep. and then going to Boston and winning convincingly mm-hmm. to go up three two. Mm-hmm. Like that three day period, like must have been just like incredible for Sixers fans. And then they give you this high and then they give you the game six mm-hmm. and the game seven where Jason Tatum outscored the entire team, the entire Sixers team in, in game six and game seven in one of the quarters. Like yeah. he did that in two straight games. Like, man, just having your heart ripped out like that. Yeah. I don't know, man. Honestly, only a Maple Leafs fan can relate. <laughs> the Sixers Leafs cop is pretty straight. That's forward. Pretty hard. It's just two teams trying really hard to win. And, and just coming up short all the time. But like, at least there's no nobody crying like Joel. Embiid, oh at least there isn't. I'm so sick of this dude. No, I, you I know think, I genuinely dislike him anyway. But I, like, I know, man. I know, I know. There's a genuine dislike. I just, I don't know, man. Like I pick, damn, man. Like I picked the Sixers to to make the finals because like I was like, man, I'm finally gonna trust Joel Embiid to have a monster playoffs. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm never doing that again. I'm just gonna pump heat culture in my veins every playoffs now. Like you can't trust this team. It's it's over, man. By the way, if they break it up, if they fully break it up, first mm-hmm. off, I doubt it. But if they fully do break it up, um, Joel Embiid in, in, in Miami as the co-star to yeah, to, just uh, just do Butler the yeah, do what you guys should have done. Will be blood red in Philadelphia. Like that. This is the biggest mistake yeah. of of their whole era. Yeah, is uh, is Jimmy Butler. That's why Tobias Harris over me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, Tobias Harris played much better than Joel Embiid last night. Well, that's a low bar, though. That's, that's <laughs> like, fair. That's, that's not going right. to lie. You're right, man. PJ, PJ Tucker said um, they were not physically or mentally tough enough. Bro, and, which, P- and that's such, such a damning statement. That's PJ Tucker who's been on these organizations That's PJ Tucker who Joel Embiid specifically by name requested after they lost He's to the like, Heat Yo, last let me, season. Let me get some PJ Tucker in here so we have mental toughness. And then afterwards, PJ Tucker's like, turns out you not guys enough. really need mental toughness. You can't mm. just import mental toughness. You know what I mean? You, have, you either have it or you don't from your stars down. You know what I mean? Like, even look at when the Raptors finally got Kawhi and, and the, the difference, no, not just as a player, yeah, but yeah. the mentality it of the team It rubbed off changed, on everybody on right? the team. Everyone talked about it. Oh, you know what? But that but that's, guy over there, but that's to your it. point. It's like yeah. when you have Embiid and Harden as your two leaders, this is how far you're going. Or you look over to the sideline and <laughs> Doc Rivers is hands on knees. Man. I just like... I was always in the middle of doing the Macarena. <laughs> I just think it's like a, it's just like some uh, kind of, sort of grander problem if, if, if you give up that type of run in the third quarter of a Game 7, man. Oh yeah, no, they they got destroyed. It was thirty three to ten, which somehow seems flattering. Like I'm for sorry, like that that was a completely winnable game at halftime, and if the two stars showed up in the second half, yeah, they really could have changed this. But, but again, like guys just kind of they disconnect, they quit, they they have like they can't bring the ball up after eight seconds, that kind of stuff. I just uh, I don't know, man. I guess because you know you know I'm one of the 
you know, I got that dog in me when I play ball. Like, I just, mm. I just don't get it. That's right. You know what I mean? Like, did we no, see Joel like, and B crash the glass? No, like, I just, I, mean? like, I just you, don't. You tell me, come on, Looney can crash the yeah. glass nonstop. But no, I'm Joel sorry. I just can't get an offensive rebound. As a true hooper, I just can't relate. I can't relate. You got one offensive rebound. Like, and Boston was playing small. Like, go out in a way that people can feel proud about. Yeah. Like, if you could lose by 20, proudly. Bro, if I, if, I if Tatum more. scores 51, there's nothing you can do. No, exactly, right? But right. at least give us a good game. You yeah. know who gave us a good game? The Sacramento Kings gave us a good game. Yeah. At the end. You know what I mean? But just don't go out like this. And on, and time after time after time. So anyway. Anyway, it was it was great to see. Um All right. I, I guess I, I guess my championship pick Boston Celtics are still alive, unfortunately. Oh yeah. But, uh, Warriors is out for both of us. Yeah. Um, but we'll save that. Yeah, Lake, Lakers Celtics final would be heat. No, no, we'll save that for tomorrow. I, I need that. I need tomorrow that. we're gonna preview both of the conference finals. Got you. We're rationing content again. Uh, we're gonna talk about the draft lottery, mm. which is taking place tomorrow night. This is our backup plan, by the way. If, if Serge is not in, if Serge is in, we'll talk about something. If Serge is in, it's it's just Serge. Um, it's just championship memories. It's fashion. just Serge. Um, if not, conference finals previews. Gonna talk about um, favorite finals matchups remaining, and the lottery. Uh, we didn't get to John Morant today, so maybe we'll get to John Morant tomorrow. Mm. And I'm sure there will be I mean, what one else ridiculous. Is there even to say about John, like, it's uh, just... we'll find some things to say tomorrow. Okay, um, right. And uh, I'm sure between now and then there will be one ridiculous uh, NBA news item that comes out. So we can guarantee <laughs> rely on it. But no, this was uh, this is honest, honestly, this was really fun watching it yesterday. How about how'd you spend Mother's Day? Because for uh, me, I watched this game while I was folding dumplings. So, oh, okay. No, like, literally, I, I, I predicted it on the on the spot. Went to see my mom, sister, and my nephews at uh, around twelve thirty. Okay. Um, my sister ordered lunch at her place. What did um, you guys get? Kanji Queen. Oh, I was gonna guess. Yo, I was uh, legit gonna guess Kanji Queen. Damn. I and guessed. then you know, just hung out for until uh, two thirty three. Okay. Drove home and watched Doc Rivers lose his thirty third <laughs> series clinching loss. <laughs> yeah, I, I still can't get over those numbers, man. Uh, like if you're a Doc Rivers stan, do you know how much heartbreak you've been through? No one's a Doc Rivers stan. Even his kids are Doc Rivers. <laughs> Yo, stands. that's insane. And that's not even a joke, man. I'm sorry. That's, that's a, insane. Um, that's hard, man. What was better, the Kanji Queen or Jason Tatum yesterday? Uh, probably Tatum. Yeah, what'd you get? Um, I don't know, man. A bunch of noodles, rice, kanji, lots of stuff. How many carbs are you having, man? This guy. I don't know, man. Only carbs. I wasn't the only one that. Uh, I didn't make the order, man. Oh, okay. Anyways, how was your Mother's Day? You folded some dumplings. Mother's Day was good. Uh, can't talk about it again. No, yeah. no, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. So we, we made the we made the plan to to to, to make some dumplings. Uh, nice. You know. And that's all the details. All share. right, that's it. No, man. It's, it's not like that. It really isn't like that. No, but, it's, um, it's just, it was actually a really wonderful time. I felt yeah. very, very heartwarming, multi generational. I'm glad. Very fortunate. All my grandparents are still, you know, alive and no, that's very awesome, much man. cherishing those kind of moments. And uh, yeah, you know, and this is how we in the family celebrate every single occasion. We literally just make some dumplings. But shout out to beef and carrot dumplings with some celery. Mm, well, not celery, with some cilantro. Mm, that's that's awesome, man. Listen, man, that's I would my love. Favorite one. I would love to banter with you for another four hours, but you know, our producer Austin Mackey is uh, is trapped with us, so we got to free him. No, you're right. You're right. He doesn't want to hear about this. So. so, wow, this is uh, this is what it, this is what it's gonna be like uh, next week when we um, when we transition to pod. Yeah, exactly. So if you have been watching on TV, if you've been watching on obviously YouTube is, is I think most now. people listen people to the listen pod. to radio. Just whatever. subscribe, but just subscribe. Literally to the pod, subscribe man. to the pod, and also Dre Pod is out. We should mention that too. Oh, he yeah. did say that he's going to continue doing pods, but I mean, I could just imagine the popularity coming down when he's no nah, longer. He, he don't got the grind like us, man. Montes, he's not trying to grind like us, man. Yeah. Five times a week. Yeah, we'll be we'll I be mean, five you, times. You don't even grind five times a uh, week. Anyways, about? we'll be here with you for the yeah. rest of the playoffs five times a week. 
Yeah. And then we will transition. Yeah. That okay. sounds so deep. All we'll right. be transitioning. That's it. That's it. We're, we're, that's we're it done, for us man. today. We're done. We're I've done. been your host, Willow, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show. Not a doctor. On the a podcast. All right. Uh, make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe. Meow. Rate and review the show. <laughs> Thanks once again Over to Shereen me? Ahmed, producer and co-host Alex Wong. Our board producer, uh, Austin Mackey, today. I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with your game. All right. And, uh, yeah, we will, we'll be back on air tomorrow, hopefully with Serge Ibaka.